kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Good morning. Breaking news. Be prepared with the Omicron variant spreading around the world. President Biden and health officials urge all adults to get their booster shots. This variant is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. Pfizer seeking approval for its extra dose for 16 and 17 year olds amid growing fears about the strain's potential impact on very young children. Major cities now telling people to mask up once again. And this morning, still more questions and answers. We'll have the very latest. Fallout, newly released video and documents from Andrew Cuomo's sexual harassment scandal. The former governor combative while being questioned. Do you understand what a girlfriend is? Oh, girlfriend means different things to different people. While CNN's Chris Cuomo under fire yet again for his role in helping his brother's defense. Will it cost the anchor his job? Strong sales. Retailers report big business on Cyber Monday as the shopping season heats up, while the White House announces new action to fix the supply chain crisis threatening to slow your deliveries. We've got everything you need to know. Tiger talks. The golf superstar opening up like never before about his devastating car crash. I wouldn't say 50-50, but it was damn near there, but I'm not, I was, was going to walk out of that hospital with one leg. And revealing he will never be a full-time golfer again. I don't have to compete and play against the best players in the world to have a great life. Just ahead, Tiger's stunning admission and hopes for the future on and off the course. Those stories plus breaking overnight with Prince Charles on hand, Barbados severs ties with the Queen, declaring itself a republic. While back in the UK, new reaction pours in over a controversial royal documentary. We're live at Buckingham Palace. And sticky situation. Imagine pancakes without maple syrup. With breakfast lovers around the world facing a shortage inside the rare move to keep the sweet stuff flowing. Today, Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hey guys, welcome to today. We're so happy you are joining us on this fine Tuesday morning. Good morning, everybody. Good to have you with us. Want to get right to the latest on this Omicron variant. This morning, new guidance from the CDC encouraging all adults to get boosters. And overnight, Pfizer making the push for teens to get authorized for that booster shot as well. Meantime, masks are back in some areas in New York and Los Angeles, issuing new indoor advisories regarding uh, the regardless of your vaccination status. And with much of the world in a holding pattern, waiting to learn more about this new variant, new numbers show hospitalizations are up 63% in the South African province where that variant was first detected. We've got it all covered. We're going to start with NBC's Gabe Gutierrez. Gabe, good morning. Oda, good morning. Several fast-moving developments overnight and some new concern for very young children in the response to the variant in South Africa. Here in New York City, local authorities have reinstituted an indoor mask advisory. The President Biden says 
that widespread lockdowns in this country are off the table. This morning, as the new Omicron variant spreads around the world, the CDC is now strengthening its recommendation that all adults not only can, but should get COVID booster shots, as President Biden calls for calm and wider vaccinations. This variant is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. Overnight, a source familiar with the process told NBC News that Pfizer now intends to apply for the first emergency use authorization of COVID boosters for teenagers, specifically 16 and 17 year olds. That application is expected this week, but there's no timeline for when the FDA could act. Still, the Omicron variant bringing new concern for those even younger. In South Africa, where the strain was first identified, experts have seen an increase in hospitalizations among very young children. The country's Communicable Disease Institute revealing kids under two make up the highest percentage of COVID patients at the epicenter of the outbreak. In the U.S., experts say vaccines for everyone who can get them are the best way to stop the spread. 74% of Americans age five and older have now received at least one COVID shot and more than 196 million people are fully vaccinated, 40 million boosted. The president also says he's not considering any widespread lockdowns. If people are vaccinated and wear their mask, there's no need for the lockdown. Meanwhile, all three vaccine makers in the U.S. are testing their shots to see if they work as well against this new variant. It's highly likely that there will be loss of vaccine efficacy and effectiveness. But whether we will really have to tweak the current vaccines, we just don't know. We have to wait, I think, for a couple of weeks until we get those key data. Also just breaking overnight, preliminary tests show that the COVID antibody drug cocktail made by Regeneron loses effectiveness against the new variant. The latest sign that at least some of these therapies may need to be tweaked, Hoda. All right, Gabe Gutierrez for us. Gabe, thank you. And the concern about this new variant has businesses from coast to coast preparing for its potential impact. NBC's Sam Brock joins us now from Miami with that angle on the story. Hi, Sam, good morning. Savannah, good morning. Many communities right now are taking a wait-and-see approach with the Omicron variant, but there is fresh urgency this morning from the Federal Reserve about the impact that it may have on the economy. While here in Miami, a return to a cultural touchstone, some 100,000 visitors expected for Art Week. This morning, a warning to American businesses as they brace for Omicron. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell telling senators that the variant and the recent COVID surge could affect Americans' willingness to work in person and lead to uncertainty and more inflation. So far, no confirmed U.S. cases of the highly mutated variant. The country's collective antennas are raised. Very concerned. I'm both vaccinated uh, and have the booster shot, So, but that doesn't mean I'll be uh, protected. Two of the nation's largest cities, New York and Los Angeles, already issuing new advisories, urging residents to wear masks indoors regardless of vaccination status. As some businesses consider vaccination mandates, this morning the government delaying a key deadline for federal workers saying they won't be punished for not getting vaccinated until next year. But across the country, companies big and small are back on alert, monitoring Omicron closely. The star of the neighborhood is clearly the art. Small business owner Lance Durham gives guided tours of Miami's Wynwood neighborhood known for its street art. We might go back to a heightened uh, alert status where everyone is required to wear a mask, including myself. We might do it sooner than later. <laughs> in Miami, preparations are underway for Art Basel, an annual fair that was canceled in person last year due to COVID. 
Vaccine proof or a negative test is required at most events. Anna Samoylova is exhibiting her documentary-style photography, Flood Zone, and believes South Florida can host a culturally important event safely. I see it as an opportunity to prove maybe to the rest of the world that we are very much capable of adhering to rules are rules everywhere, right? Even as the organizers here at Art Basel are taking steps to ensure safety this year, the governor reaffirming once again there will be no mask mandates or lockdowns in Florida. Savannah, back to you. Sam Brock in Miami for us. Thank you. Also this morning, the harassment scandal that brought down former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. It's back in the spotlight. Thousands of pages of testimony and evidence have now been made public, shining an unflattering new spotlight on his brother, CNN's Chris Cuomo. Ann Thompson is here with details on this story. Hey, Ann, good morning. Good morning. CNN's anchor is in the hot seat this morning. Text messages between Chris Cuomo and his brother's top aide show Chris offering to use his media source to get intel to help defend his brother. The documents also revealing the younger Cuomo wrote statements on the then governor's behalf. CNN is now conducting a review of the trove of messages. It was business as usual on CNN Monday night for Chris Cuomo. Putting travel bans in Despite being back in hot water for helping his brother Andrew, then the governor of New York, who was caught in a sexual harassment scandal. The state's attorney general's office releasing new text messages between the former governor's top aide and the TV anchor. Melissa DeRosa texting, rumor going around from Politico, one to two more people coming out tomorrow. Can you check your sources? Chris Cuomo responds, on it, on it. DeRosa later reaching out when she heard the New Yorker's Ronan Farrow was working on a story, again asking the CNN journalist to check his sources. Even before this, Chris Cuomo was volunteering assistance, texting DeRosa, please let me help with the prep. CNN, in a statement saying the transcripts and documents deserve a thorough review and consideration, adding the network will seek additional clarity about their significance over the next several days. The younger Cuomo defending and downplaying his own role after his brother resigned in August. I can't be objective when it comes to my family. So I never reported on the scandal. And when it happened, I tried to be there for my brother. The attorney general also released video of Andrew Cuomo's nearly 11 hours of testimony under oath. You remember asking her, saying to her, may I kiss you? I don't remember saying that. The former governor will be arraigned in January for allegedly groping the breast of a female aide. I remember his hand just sliding right up my blouse. Brittany Camiso making that allegation in her interview, one of six accusers whose video testimonies were made public Monday by the attorney general's office. Cuomo denied he did any such thing. It would be an act of insanity to touch a woman's breast and make myself vulnerable to a woman uh, for such an accusation. Now, this morning, Andrew Cuomo's lawyer calling on New York's Attorney General Letitia James, who is running for governor, to recuse her office from the case, saying in a statement, no legitimate chief legal officer would make such selective disclosures, as well as harm a pending criminal case by broadcasting to each witness what the other witnesses have said. 
because the former governor will be arraigned in January for a misdemeanor assault involving the woman who claims he grabbed her breast. Okay, Ann Thompson. Ann, thank you. Meanwhile, the much-anticipated trial of accused Jeffrey Epstein recruiter Ghislaine Maxwell is now underway here in New York, a full day of testimony beginning this morning. After the prosecution and defense delivered opening statements, NBC's Stephanie Gosk at the courthouse for us once again. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. Well, the prosecution says Ghislaine Maxwell lured young girls with money and gifts and then subjected them to sexual abuse. Her defense argues she was the one manipulated by Jeffrey Epstein and ultimately is now the scapegoat for Epstein's crimes. On day one of the Maxwell trial, a tale of two Ghislaine's. The assistant U.S. attorney calling the 59-year-old a predator who was setting up young girls for wealthy financier Jeffrey Epstein, telling the jury the defendant was trafficking kids for sex. That is what this trial is all about. Maxwell, the daughter of a British media mogul and Epstein's former girlfriend, faces six criminal counts, all focused on a decade-long period between 1994 and 2004, when federal prosecutors say she helped recruit four underage girls to have sex with Epstein and, in some instances, participated in the abuse herself. The prosecution detailed the experiences of one of those girls, who was just 14 when she allegedly met Maxwell at a summer camp. Prosecutors say her abuse went on for years when the girl was 15, then 16. They had a playbook. First, they got access to young girls, then they gained their trust. The defense arguing Maxwell is being blamed for crimes allegedly committed by Epstein, who took his own life in 2019 while awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. The defense called Maxwell a convenient stand-in, arguing the four alleged victims at the center of the case will come in here and they will point their finger at Ghislaine Maxwell. There is nobody else to point their finger at. They say Maxwell was in charge of managing Epstein's properties and was just one of many who fell victim to his manipulation. Maxwell's sister, Isabel, seen arriving to court amid a swarm of cameras, one of several family members who have publicly shown support. Maxwell has pleaded not guilty to all charges. The trial is expected to last six weeks. Late yesterday, the pilot for Jeffrey Epstein's private jet took the stand and he told the jury that he flew Epstein, Maxwell and some unidentified passengers many times to Epstein's homes around the world. He only just started his testimony. He is back on the stand first thing this morning, Savannah. Stephanie Gosk, it's out, uh, it's out the courthouse first. Thank you, Stephanie. 14 minutes past the hour. We welcome Craig to the table. Hello, Craig. Hello, Hoda. Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. We turn now once again to that supply chain crisis this morning and how it will impact your holiday shopping from the gifts you buy to when those gifts might be delivered. NBC's business and tech correspondent Jolene Kent joins us with more on this one. Hey, Joe. Hey, Craig, good morning. The Federal Trade Commission says it's trying to figure out if supply chain problems that you're facing are causing higher prices and anti-competitive behavior. This as retailers and shipping carriers are scrambling to get your holiday gifts delivered on time. And shoppers are all perusing another week of online deals. This morning, Cyber Monday sales on track to meet expectations, with shoppers spending up to an estimated $11 billion, similar to last year. This after a low turnout on Black Friday, spurred on by supply shortages and fewer discounts. Now, the Federal Trade Commission is ordering major retailers and grocery chains to turn over new information on their supply chain problems, requesting internal documents from Amazon, Walmart, Kroger, Tyson, and others to investigate the, quote, causes of empty 
shelves and sky-high prices. On Monday, President Biden met with CEOs of major retailers to discuss the crisis. The administration's plan to declog the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach now seeming to pay off. Since increasing hours and threatening fines for slow-to-move containers, port officials say cargo buildup has been reduced by 33 percent. Overcoming the supply chain really is the name of the game this holiday season. Major retailers like Amazon, well, they have their own planes, and that one is headed for San Francisco. In North Texas, at Amazon's busiest air hub, over half a million packages are processed every day. Workers sorting alongside robots that zoom across the warehouse. While Amazon says it's boosted inventory by 20% to meet demand, analysts say out-of-stock warnings are surging at many retailers nationwide, especially for baby products, toys, electronics, and home goods. It's one more reason why consumers are turning to gift cards, with sales up 400%. If you shop online and worry about delivery delays, experts say have your items sent to the store instead of your home. And if you're shipping gifts yourself, do it by December 15th. Major carriers say that's the ground shipping deadline to ensure your presents arrive by Christmas Day. The White House says at the CEO's meeting with the president, retailers like Walmart say shelves are well stocked now. But analysts tell us the biggest growth in holiday shopping this year was seen the week before Thanksgiving with consumers worried about all those shortages. And as you know from all those emails you're getting, many stores may now extend deep discounts well into December. Cyber Monday now becoming Cyber Week and of course Cyber Month, guys. Cyber Month. Mm -hmm. All right, Jolene Kent for us there in LA. Thank you, Joe. It's really like cyber forever. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> cyber life. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds like folks needed the warnings though yeah. to start early. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I did. She's you done. What? One person done at the Boom. table. Are you Boom. Oh, and now, oh, we finished done in, in March. August. Yeah. Yeah. Roku, how about you, Craig? Are you? No. no. I'm Me and you. Vicky yeah. and Jolene's tell us. Well, no. yeah. No. no. Gift card city for you. I was going to say. Gift cards. He's going to be at that little that little kiosk. Right with Holy Compton. Right with Holy Compton. Anyway, let's show you what we've got as far as today's weather is concerned. Really warm, 10 to 30 degrees above average temperatures, 20 degrees above average. Billings, Montana, 13 at 53. Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona today, 81 degrees. Odessa, third, uh, 13 degrees above average at 75. Oklahoma City, 71 degrees. In fact, we are looking tomorrow at numerous records, possibly in Spokane, Bismarck, Denver, Las Vegas, Albuquerque, Omaha, Wichita, all seeing warmer than average temperatures. But it does start uh, turning cooler late next week or this week. Bismarck, by Saturday, you're down to 35. Minneapolis, 34. 50 in, uh, in St. Louis on Saturday, 41 in Cleveland and the December outlook is here and finally we're looking at warmer than average temperatures stretching from the south all the way out west we look for normal temperatures throughout much of the rest of the country as far as the precipitation is concerned wetter than average up around the Great Lakes drier though from the mid-Atlantic southeast Gulf Coast all the way to the west wetter than average out into the Pacific Northwest and that is your latest weather guys all right Al thank, thank you down. so much and still to come Tiger Woods first in-depth interview since his car crash offering an inside look at his difficult recovery and revealing his days of playing golf full-time, they are over. This time around, I don't think I'll have the body to climb Mount Everest, and that's okay.
Well, he's climbed it a few times, hasn't he? We'll have a lot more from the superstar, including the glimmer of hope he offered fans. And then new drama for the Royals overnight as Barbados cuts ties with the monarchy. And part two of a controversial documentary on the family airs in the UK. We are live at Buckingham Palace with reaction to both. But first, this is Today on NBC. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. (laughs) Okay, Tuesday morning. We got one day until we light that beautiful Mm. tree in Rockefeller Center. The Norway spruce will start to shine bright tomorrow night. Really hope you'll join us. It's so fun. The tree lighting, it'll be uh, on, you know, wherever you live. Christmas in Rockefeller Center. We're going to light the tree, got some great music, some yeah. live guests. It was fun. We did a little read-through yesterday, and there was something that puts you right yeah. in the spirit, get uh. you all pumped up. You mentioned some of the guests, Carrie Underwood, uh-huh. Brad Paisley, Mickey Guyton, all kicking off 8, 7 Central here on NBC, and, of course, streaming on Peacock. So we'll see you guys tomorrow night. But now let's get a check of our 7.30 headlines. Prosecutors in Pennsylvania are asking the U.S. Supreme Court to review that decision that set comedian Bill Cosby free. In June, a Pennsylvania court overturned Cosby's indecent assault conviction and ordered his release from prison after less than three years behind bars. The court ruled that Cosby's due process rights had been violated. But The Montgomery County DA says that decision will have far-reaching negative consequences and is now calling on the Supreme Court to help right a wrong. Four former Minneapolis police officers will stand trial together on federal civil rights charges in the death of George Floyd. A U.S. magistrate judge has denied a request by three of the officers to be tried separately from Derek Chauvin. Chauvin was previously convicted in state court for Floyd's murder and sentenced to more than 22 years in prison. All four officers have pleaded not guilty to the federal charges. Tributes pouring in this morning for golfer Lee Elder, a man who broke down racial barriers in the game, paving the way for Tiger Woods and a whole lot of other folks to follow. Elder died Sunday at the age of 87. He made history back in 1975, becoming the first black golfer to play in the Masters at Augusta National. This past April, the Masters honored Elder by having him join Jack Nicholas and Gary Player for the ceremonial opening shots. Nicholas tweeting on Monday, Lee Elder was a pioneer in so many ways. The game of golf lost a hero. He mm. actually started as a caddy because back then that's all black golfers could do for the most part. My word. Worked his way up, spent some time with him uh, a few years ago, met him several times. Classiest of that. Well, it's hard to believe 1975. Yeah. And he was the first 
black person. Wow. All right, well, let's move on to another golf legend, shall we? Tiger Woods, he's speaking out in the wake of that devastating car crash back in February, revealing new details about his health, his fears, and his future. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has more on what Tiger is saying. Hi, Miguel, good morning. Guys, good morning. Just a short time ago, Tiger Woods wrapped up his first press conference since his near-fatal accident. He was asked about what he remembers from that day back in February, but chose to share no details. What he did talk about is his possible return to the game. He reiterated what he shared in a Golf Digest interview, saying he'll never be the same player again, but hopes he will soon return to tournaments. The return to glory. Could another improbable comeback be in store for Tiger Woods? Uh, I know the recipe for it. I just got to get to a point where I feel comfortable enough where I can do that again. Speaking out about his golfing future after his devastating accident. The golf legend says he won't ever play full time again. It's going to have to be a different way of doing it. Um, and that's OK. And I'm at peace with that. I've, I've made the climb enough times. I don't foresee this leg ever being what it used to be. Wood's press conference comes after he recently released this clip of his swing on social media with the message making progress, but the road to full recovery remains long and uncertain. It's hard to explain how difficult it has been. Transition from wheelchair to crutches to now nothing. Uh, it's been a lot of hard work. In February, Woods flipped his car, colliding with a tree at 75 miles per hour. We have a rollover with someone uh, trapped. The accident leaving him severely injured. Surgeons stabilized his right leg and foot with a rod and screws. Now, after months of recovery, Tiger admits he feared the leg might have to be amputated. I'm lucky to be alive, but also still had the limb. I'm very, very grateful that... Uh, Someone upstairs was, was taking care of me. The accident also gives Woods a new appreciation for simple pleasures. It's been a tough at times, yes. Um, some dark moments. But then again, as I was making progress through it too, you know, I could see some light. I'm able to participate more with my kids and their activities. Um, and more and just in life in general. Woods comparing his recovery to climbing Mount Everest, saying he doesn't think it's realistic to get all the way to the top of the mountain again. During his press conference, Woods was asked if he was currently in pain as he was sitting. His one word answer, yes. It shows how far he still has to go. He also says he learned lessons from his father that helped get him through some of the darkest days following his accident and his desire to play with his son and support him is also motivated him to work harder. Back to you. Well, that's a good inspiration for him. Miguel, thank you very much. Up next, an overnight move four centuries in the making as Barbados cuts ties with the UK in a ceremony attended by Prince Charles. We'll have reaction to that. A real documentary that's raising some eyebrows coming up after this. We're back 7:40 in depth today, and this morning the royal family in the spotlight again. One reason, well, overnight Barbados officially removed the Queen as its head of state during a ceremony that was attended by Prince Charles. Another reason, the controversial documentary has a lot of folks talking. Yep, NBC's Molly Hunter joins us from Buckingham Palace this morning. Hey, Molly. Hey guys, good morning. That's right. So there are celebrations in Barbados today. The Queen has sent her congratulations and Prince Charles is there for all the action. Take a look.
This morning, after 396 years, the Caribbean island of Barbados becoming the world's newest independent republic. At the stroke of midnight, Sandra Mason became the nation's first ever president. So help me God. In the crowd, Barbadian singer Rihanna, alongside Prince Charles, representing his mother. The creation of this republic offers a new beginning. He also the acknowledged the appalling atrocity of slavery. Of slavery. The queen, previously the country's head of state, has visited Barbados many times over the years, but this week she stayed at home, still taking it easy since her hospital stay back in October. Here in the UK, the firm, as the royal family is known, is busy going to battle on another front. The House of Windsor and the British press. Heavily criticizing the new two-part BBC documentary called The Princes and the Press. The program delves into the intense media coverage of Princes William and Harry. In a rare move, Buckingham Palace, Clarence House and Kensington Palace put out a joint statement that the BBC included, saying, a free, responsible and open press is of vital importance to a healthy democracy. However, too often it is overblown and unfounded claims from unnamed sources that are presented as facts, and it is disappointing when anyone, including the BBC, gives them credibility. In another bombshell release this week, the author of Brothers and Wives speaking exclusively to the Today Show. Christopher Anderson reporting that Harry and Meghan began distancing themselves after the Queen did not include their photo in a 2019 Christmas address. Harry did feel as if he was being erased, according to a friend of his, uh, would be erased from, was being erased slowly from the family. That was, an, that was quite the signal the Queen was sending. And Anderson also said he traced a comment about the potential complexion of Meghan and Harry's children back to Prince Charles, but says it was twisted by royal advisors. There's a conversation it. with you... With Harry. ...about how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. But it was turned into something very toxic. It was weaponized, really, mm -hmm. by the, uh, the men in grey. Now, there is a lot to talk about. Going back to that BBC documentary, the documentary essentially says that Princess William and Harry and their families have stopped playing the game with the royal press, but the BBC is defending it, saying in a statement, it's about how royal journalism is done and features a range of journalists, but I gotta say, it is creating pretty big stir here today. Hoda? All right, Molly Hunter Force there, Buckingham Palace. Molly, thank you. And now our prince, our king, <laughs> yes, our reigning royal. monarch. Our royal. I'm oh. abdicating. Mr. <laughs> You, you can't. can't. Well, you can't, baby. we'll see. Anyway, we've just finished up <laughs> hurricane season 2021. It is in the books now. 21 named storms. Average, we get 14. You can see all of them out there. And in fact, we had seven hurricanes. The average, uh, just about seven. But we had four major hurricanes. On average, you get three. And what we end up with for hurricane season 2021, this is the sixth consecutive above average season and the only the third season to use the entire list of names out there. And we're also watching these atmospheric rivers going on. This narrow moisture plume that stretches all across the Pacific back to the Philippines about 6,000 miles away. Well, because of climate change, we're seeing this warmer tropical pool of warm water expanding and moving to the north. And so that's bringing in another atmospheric river into the Pacific Northwest. Heaviest rain will be in the Olympic Mountains. Rain will continue into northwest Washington tomorrow with isolated areas of flash flooding. And we're looking at anywhere from two to four inches of rain into the Pacific Northwest. And that mm -hmm. is your latest weather. Gang? Glad you did not abdicate. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to have you. Uh, just ahead here on a Tuesday morning, is it time for pancake lovers to panic? No. This is waffle. Hey, so. Oh, God.
Uh, the world now facing a maple syrup shortage, apparently, and this morning, an extremely rare move is being taken to keep that sweet stuff flowing. Carrie Sanders standing by with it. <laughs> I knew it! Oh, that's where all the syrup went, apparently. There you go. I will have this story for you right after this. Jeez. <laughs> Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Sparted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. We are back. Chanel joins us, turning to yet another shortage. Yes. You have to worry about. More. No. Stop it. I know. Hopefully Maybe this sir. one has a sweet ending. Yes. Uh -huh. And a move to avoid dry pancakes, mm. waffles, and more. All around the world, the so-called OPEC of maple syrup <laughs> is now tapping into its reserve for the first time in years. Who knew they even oh, had a reserve? And this is Carrie Sanders has his sticky fingers all over this one. Hey, Carrie. Good morning, guys. The maple syrup reserve who knew but yes farmers say that they have tapped into it but we still have to do our part here at the old breakfast house in fort lauderdale they encourage people to dip rather than pour like that so if we all do our part it could help stave off what is the rapidly growing maple syrup maple syrup crisis of 2021 getting maple syrup is a slow process Drip by drip, the tree's sap is extracted, then boiled down. For every 40 teaspoons of sap, there's but one teaspoon of the liquid gold. 73% of the world's maple syrup comes from Greater Quebec, Canada. And of course, our nation is the number one importer of that sweet elixir. This morning, a supply and demand problem is being solved, much the way President Biden has tried to take pressure off gasoline supplies and prices. Who knew that there was a maple syrup reserve? It sounds like the petroleum reserve. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the beauty of maple syrup is we can conserve it. We can do uh, the same image as oil, but it's maple syrup, pure maple syrup, sealed and pasteurized in the in all these uh, barrels and we can keep them for many years. Farmers in Canada deciding to release 50 million gallons from the strategic maple syrup reserve. The production this year was less uh, important than it was in the last two years. They believe the release of the treasured reserve should mean no shortages and no price increases. In Vermont, second in production only to Canada, experts say there's been a direct connection to the pandemic. Since 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, maple consumption has really gone through the roof. People were looking for things to do and they, a lot of them turned to baking. 
and people started using maple syrup as a alternative to sugar and just, you know, another way to add in some more flavor to what they normally bake. You may think maple syrup and pancakes, but because three quarters of a cup of maple syrup is equal to about one cup of cane sugar, there are those who believe the high antioxidant syrup is a good substitute for sugar. Our neighbors to the north doing their part to make sure our pancakes and waffles stay just as sweet. The last time the maple syrup reserve was in the news was 2012. That's when some crooks broke in and siphoned off millions of dollars of the sweet elixir, but <laughs> those sacks were eventually this is, captured. This is a thing. Guys, okay, you're making up stuff. Yeah, back it up, back it up a big tanker. <laughs> wow. Broken the reserve? What'd they do with all the syrup? There's oh a black goodness. market for syrup? Who knew? Thank you, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. Enjoy oh. whatever is on that plate. We'll yeah. try to figure that out. <laughs> now you got pop star We have a good up. one for you today. We have a sneak peek at a new holiday special from Blake and Gwen and how they plan to spend their first Christmas as a married couple. Covered in syrup. <laughs> <laughs>